Welcome everyone to the C-Suite Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today we have a really interesting conversation. We're going to talk about really uncommon ways to create phenomenal relationships and results between marketing and sales. And to do that, we have Jill Ty on here. And Jill's the VP of Marketing with DataCubed. And Jill, you've been in marketing, life science marketing for over 15 years. You've pretty much played every role in the marketing department, but mostly what I want to talk about is this, what I'm thinking of is this kind of extended role and the way that you interrelate with sales that goes beyond the conversations that I've had with almost any other CMO or uh, head of marketing in their companies. And that's why I think this is going to be really a good conversation. But before we get started, if you could maybe expand just a little bit on your background in DataCubed and what you're doing there before we jump on in. Sure. Thanks, Steve. Um, I have been, as you said, in life sciences marketing for the last 15 years. Um, the last eight or so, I've been leading um, marketing teams. Um, and most recently, I'm with DataCubed Health, which is an um, e-clinical software company. Um, we are still uh, in startup mode, so I wear a lot of hats. And I think that that has given me this deeper perspective that we're going to be discussing today. Um, but to answer, to just kind of expand on my background a bit more, I have held positions um, in events marketing, digital marketing, product marketing, and content communications. Um, and that, that was very intentional. Um, I felt that in order to lead a marketing team, you really had to understand how the marketing team operated. And to do that, you had to kind of get your hands dirty and do all of those positions yourself at one point in time. Um, so that is why I have held those sort of roles throughout my career. Well, great. Well, without too much further ado, right? Please give us maybe a little bit of an understanding of the the relationship and the way that you work with sales, your philosophy on that, and the way that you think that it works best. And I think it does kind of come from a, a startup mentality, but it's a mentality should apply to anybody that's listening today in any B2B organization. So I'll turn it over to you. Sure. Yeah. So I think I think there's a misconception among sales and marketing teams that is that they work against each other. Um, when the reality is you really have to work together. Um, neither team knows best, right? Marketing is kind of the bridge between product and sales, right? So the sales team should be leaning on marketing for more than just slideware or um, a custom content piece or even just lead generation. I mean, we do, we do more than that. Um, we support the entire buying cycle. Uh, and I think that where things start to fall down is the communication between those teams. Uh, it's been my experience that marketing's always like, oh, they just want too much, right? They they don't they don't understand. They don't know what we do. You're right, and it's your job to educate them. And I've found that by having conversations with sales team members, you know, and it starts small because you have to kind of build that trust. So what I've always done throughout my career is kind of met one to one with them, either in you know either one to one with the sales rep or just one to one me and the sales team. And kind of say to them, you know, here's here's what we do, right? And how can we better support you? Um, and, and and normally it's they're kind of caught off guard by that because they're like, well, I just need leads. I'm like, yeah, but like, let's talk about that opportunity you have, right? Where is it stalling? It's been in the pipeline a while. How can I help? And they're like, well, well, I don't know. How can you help? I'm like, well, would this sort of content help you? Are you coming up against a competitor? Do you need competitive intelligence? Do you need you know, a way to message better. And then, the, you know, the wheels start turning. They're like, oh, wait, maybe she can help me. 
Um, the other way that I've established trust with sales teams is, you know, I said earlier, the marketing teams will often come and say they ask for too much. Sure they do. Of course they do. They're, that's that's their nature. You have to find that that same language, right? You have to start to speak their language. And their language is, we need more, we need it now, and it has to be fast. Everything's fast. They're very fast paced. So what I usually do is I sit down and say, what are you trying to achieve, right? Because they'll come to me and say, I need a webinar. Okay, why do you think you need a webinar? Let's talk, <laughs> right? And we'll get to talking. And I'm like, it sounds like you actually need an ABM campaign because you've listed five companies that you're looking to target. And I don't know that a webinar is going to do that for you. Why don't we do this instead? Nine times out of 10, they're like, that's a great idea. Can we do that? Sometimes they don't even know that these are options. They just, it's, I need more. I need an email. I need this. I, and, and they don't know what other alternatives there are and how to achieve their goals. So you have to kind of bring them back. What are you trying to achieve? Let's talk it through. And it's, and when those things work, they will be your biggest champion. <laughs> Because they will go and say, hey, she did this for me and it worked and I'm going to do it again and we're going to get the same results. And, and as soon as that starts happening, it all falls into place and they all start coming to you with that trust. And, and, and OK, well, you helped my friend. Can you help me, too? And, and, but you have, to, you have to have the same conversation. Yes, but not, not every activity will work the same for every rep, right? Not every activity will be. So let's what are you trying to achieve? What is your territory like? What challenges are you having? And let's walk through it. Um, that is one of the biggest things that has helped me throughout my career is understanding what their needs are and then helping them understand how we can get there. You know, what's really refreshing from what you said, so many important things there, but typically what we do is we, in marketing, we, we design the buyer's journey, right? Even though it looks like spaghetti these days, right? But we design things for when people are at certain stages in the buyer's journey and, you know, what they need. And they might jump around, but we're still filling all those gaps. As much as we plan, the salespeople in ABM process are, are helping walk these, these buyers through that journey, right? And so when you sit down and you say, hey, it looks like, you know, this prospect's been stuck in the pipeline. Why? Because we've designed everything, right? <laughs> we've got something for every stage of the buyer's journey. Well, you can't pre-plan everything. And if we learn where buyers are getting stuck and how we can help them, then all we're doing is bolstering up how we're preparing for everybody else and in the future as well. But I have never heard anybody say, hey, let's look at your pipeline. Let's look at where things are getting stuck. Let's look at how what we can do. What are the ideas? And be a team brainstorming them together. That right there, I can imagine, and you've got other things to talk about. But that right there, I can see how it, it, it creates an incredible bond in a relationship with sales, right? Because when they're stuck, that means they're not going to hit their quota the way that they want it to, right? They're trying to move these along. That's one of the biggest problems you can help a, a salesperson, you know, achieve or overcome. Tell me a little bit more about your actual involvement in the sales process. Because I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So um, there are there have been instances where a sales team member will say, "Okay, I'm I'm struggling to message X Y Z, and I I don't know what the best approach is." Right there, you know, we have 
we have this solution and I know it'll work for them and I just cannot figure out how to make them understand. So I would sit down with them and say, okay, what have you discussed so far? What have they said their challenges are? And they'll kind of dance around it and or they'll give me a little bit. And I'm like, okay, how about we do this? Why don't we get on the phone with your customer and we suggest that we do a joint marketing activity? White paper, webinar, podcast. Like, see if they're open to that and have me on the call. Okay, so, so they're open to that. Um, we get on the phone and I get on the phone with the customer and, and, and I start hearing things that maybe the sales rep didn't hear because I ask different questions. I have, and, and I'm not, I'm not a salesperson, right? So they see me as an, as non-threatening, right? It, it's, this isn't a sales call. This is, this is a marketing call. This is fun. This is exciting. And the entire tone of the call is different. Um, and I start asking questions. Okay, well, what are you, what are your challenges right now? And, and, and things start to come up that don't come up on the sales call. And I've had sales reps say to me, she never told me that before. <laughs> it's so interesting that she brought that up because I have not, I did not know that that was a problem that they were having. And because I'm so ingrained in the product, I can offer solutions. I'm like, oh, well, did you know that we actually, we actually have a solution for that? We can do that. And, you know, it's like a light bulb moment. What's great about it is the sales rep gets so much more information. And, and I also very frequently get a piece of content, which helps everybody, right? Um, so it's like a win-win, right? You know, it's a win for, for me as a marketer, because now I have a customer willing to do a marketing piece with me. And it's a win for the sales rep because now they have so much more information about the challenges that this customer is going through that they did not have before. And they're armed with more details and, and, and better messaging and, and, and more support from me um, to continue that conversation. And, and, and it usually results in either a closed opportunity or a new opportunity. So you use the word customer. Are you, you doing that with a kind of a land and expand strategy in terms of cross-sell, upsell? Are you doing that with prospects? I've done it with both. Um, we've done it. I've done that with existing customers, particularly, you know, if we're talking about like a case study and, and, and I will always say, okay, so, so this is, I love hearing about how we helped you with this. You know, do you see us helping you with something else? You know, and, and, and sometimes they'll say, oh no, cause what we have isn't exactly, but what we're doing now. And then I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing? And, and normally I can find something I'm like, oh, actually we do do that. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes Sales reps will take things at face value. Well, they said that they're not interested in, and and because they again they're moving fast, right? But I'm having a different conversation. It's a different situation. It's a different. It's a different pace. Um, I can start to you know, dig a little deeper, and 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 sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes okay, well keep it in mind for other things. But sometimes it does. Sometimes there's something there underlying that they're 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 missing. Um, or that they're just more comfortable saying to me because they don't think I'm going to try to sell them anything, which is fair. Um, prospects are are a different scenario altogether. Um, I have actually just this week, I was on a demo call. I had been filling in for an inside sales rep, inside sales re reports to me, um, and he had been on vacation and then demo requests came through. Um, so I set up the demo and the sales rep was actually on vacation that week too. Um, so I did all of the prep for it. You know, I, I, I pulled all the data on the company. I built the deck. I built, I built a talk track and I, I did it all. Um, and, you know, the meeting went well and I was on the call and, and they were asking questions and I was answering. And 
um, after that, the <laughs> the sales rep and the inside sales rep were like, can you join all of our calls? I mean, it was it's it's fun. I would and I would love to because I I learn I learn a lot. Right, it's helping me be better um, because I do hear the questions that they're asking. When you hear questions that uh, prospects are asking, it informs all of my content, all of my outreach, all of my strategies. Right, I know what they're looking for. I understand their challenges better. It's not having a um, a consultant come in and say, "This is your buyer map. This is this is your buyer persona." No, I'm I'm in those conversations and I'm hearing it firsthand. And I think that there's something to be said about that for every marketer. And if you can't be in those conversations, you need to hear it firsthand from your sales reps because they are having those conversations, which is why that relationship is so important. So many good things there. So one of the things that you said is non-threatening, you know, non-selling, right? Your VP of marketing, you're brought in. It's a very different conversation. And as a seller, they know the person on the other end of the call knows that they're being sold to, right? That, but when you're not selling and you can ask questions at the same time because that the salesperson can't. Salesperson needs to be a trusted advisor. Salesperson should know, right? But you can get in and you can ask questions that a salesperson wouldn't want to ask. And that's learning. That goes beyond listening to a gong call, right? Because what I don't want people to take away from this is that, oh, I should just listen into more sales calls, right? It's different participating in that call, whether that's a call that leads to a white paper, webinar, or podcast, something like that that you were talking about before. You can do that with prospects as well, right? You can do that on both sides. But being involved means that you're understanding. Being involved means you can ask questions the sales can't. It's an ongoing education, internal education program for you and your team at the same time. It's brilliant. And I now see why, because when we first started to talk, one of my questions was, well, I don't know that sales would want to like invite marketing in most organizations. So I think you've answered that in spades and what you've already said, but I want to hear in your words. Why do you think that sales invites you onto these calls? Can you be on these calls, right? Oh, can we do a call like that? What do you think is the secret sauce that, that gets that kind of an uncommon relationship between marketing and sales? Mm. Where, and I'd say that it's a win-win-win, right? It's a win for them. It's a win for you as you learn and you can get new content out of it. And it's a win for client or the prospect as well, because they're having a deeper, richer conversation that leads to hopefully solving their problems in a different way, just coming at it from a different angle sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I applaud you for doing that. <laughs> what are the secrets? What do you think is the key to establishing that relationship? You have to earn that trust in order to be able to do. Yeah. So, so trust, the trust piece is required um you're not getting they're not letting you near a customer if they don't trust you it's just never going to happen um and to establish that trust you have to listen to them um just like you listen to the customers when you do get on those calls you have to listen to the sales team and you have to be able to understand 
what they're really asking for. Um, and that is why I said earlier, it's so important to understand what they're trying to achieve. I think, and I've seen it. And I, early in my career, I, ha- I, d- I did it, right? It was just, they ask for it, you do it, and you don't ask questions. That is the worst thing you can do. You're not helping anybody. <laughs> you have to understand the why. Why do you think that this activity is going to work? Why do you want to do this activity? And what are you trying to achieve? And then you have to measure it. Now, I said earlier that the sales team moves fast, right? They're, they're, they're hyper-focused on the number and they're hyper-focused on the fact that they are running out of time, right? Whereas marketers, then this is where the language barrier starts. Marketers are very analytical and we're behind the scenes. So we're looking at results, like what happened after we did that? So many, t- so what I er- recognized early on in my career was that I would do these things without asking any questions and they would not have the desired result. And that started to break down the trust between the sales team and the marketing team, which is why you have to be results oriented, right? You have to say, okay, what are we trying to achieve? How are we going to measure that? And let's work together to get there. I don't think that what you're suggesting will work. I'm happy to do it. But here's what I recommend. Like I said, most of the time they'll say, okay, let's do both. Fine, I'm fine with that. And then afterwards you say, hey, that activity that I recommended netted this, right? What do you think? How did that go? Were you happy with it? What's your feedback on that? And then they're like, yeah, it was great. Now, when I like to give feedback, I like to give it. I have the entire sales team. So I have a monthly meeting with them. So to build that trust and to get the, and we, it's a feedback call, not just within, you know, not just for them to tell me how marketing is doing, but for me to hear what's happening in their accounts. So I get them all together and I say, okay, what, what are you guys hearing? What are your clients talking about? Where are things stalling and why? And sometimes when they start talking, Again, they're very focused on their their own pipeline. They're very focused on their own numbers. They're very focused on making their numbers. They don't always talk to each other about what's going on. So we start to pick up some themes. And I'm like, hey, it sounds like you're all having this. Why don't we, as a next step, why don't I give you, you know, some support there, whether it's messaging or content or slides, um, or even let's do a webinar on this. It sounds like the industry is really hot on this. Let's do a webinar. Okay, great. You know, and, 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 we can start to work through that. The other thing I've found in those calls is sometimes they'll they'll say, "Oh, well, we don't we don't offer that," and I'm like, "Oh, we do, <laughs> we do, we have it." Or by the time that sale closes, it'll be ready because it's on the roadmap, right? Again, I'm that bridge between product and sales too. Um, and sometimes, you know, maybe they missed a call and they didn't know that it was coming up, or or for whatever reason they were unclear on this point, and they're telling customers we don't have something that we do have, right? Um, so it's really important for that to come up in this. And that has actually the last meeting I had with the sales team um, that did happen. It was, you know, we don't have this. Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> we do. We can absolutely do that. Um, you know, who who did you talk to? Do you want me to get on the phone with them? I, I'm happy to have that conversation kind of thing. Um, the other part of it, so that's the trust building. But then the other part is having them champion the wins. So when you do something for them and it's it does go well discuss it in the group, right? Have them discuss it for you, right? I have I have one rep at DataCubed who I have been working with him since day one. And he is constantly like, he he wants me to go to events with him. He wants me, he, you know, I'm like his right-hand man. 
and I join his customer calls and and it's it's working out really well for it's a great dynamic. But he is also my biggest champion internally. He will tell the other sales team, Jillian's helping me with this. This is this has been great for us. This is great. You know, I talk to her, ask her. He comes to me with questions constantly. I want that relationship with the sales team, but I also want them to be able to trust my team to be able to provide the same level of knowledge, right? And that's that's the that's the growth opportunity for my team as well. And you'd mentioned in a previous conversation that they don't always talk, the salespeople don't always talk to themselves, right? Yeah. And and so you can be a conduit of like even internal conversation within the sales department because they're so focused on, you know, getting their numbers, which they need to be, there should be. That's that's how they're compensated, right? Tell me a little bit about that dynamic. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. It, it's I've noticed it's um they don't think that they don't talk, right? Because they do have meetings together. And and I've been in those meetings and I'm like, every time we have these meetings, we're talking about numbers, how we're going to get, how we're going to, where this is in the pipeline is need to get pushed, right? We have a, we have a weekly pipeline call. Okay. So that's, that's where they all talk. Right. Um, And then they'll have like sub team meetings and things, but they are not talking about what they're hearing. They're not talking about competitors. They're not talking about feedback. Um, So I ask pointed questions, right? Like in your meetings this week, what did you discuss? Right. What seems came up? And if if they're kind of silent, I'm like, I will start to ask very specifically, did you discuss patient engagement? And what was the feedback? Did you share that white paper? Did they read the white paper? What was the feedback? Did you ask them for can I ask them for feedback? Right. Um, but what I like I said, I have a monthly marketing meeting with them where it's just it's me and my team and and the sales guys, and that's it. And I, I have said to them a few times. This is for all of us to chat, right? Like what's working with marketing? What do you need? Where can we support you? Of course, we want to talk about that, but I also want to hear what you're hearing. And I want you all to hear what you're hearing. Um, and they have actually found that very useful. Like I said, just just recently, some product stuff came up. I mean, you'd be surprised what comes up. Um, we also had a competitor that we needed to discuss. Um and in talking about that, another one, they were like, actually, I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about this one. Do you know anything about them? And I, I did. And I was like, yeah, actually, I do. Well, what, what makes you worried? Who's talking about that? What customer or what prospect brought that up, right? Um, and here's how you message against it kind of thing. Um, so it's, like I said, it's invaluable. It's, it's, it's so useful for me. Um, and I know that they're getting value out of it too. And I think that, again, it's that tone, right? It's that okay, this is a safe place to have this conversation. No one's going to get on me about my numbers here. And we can kind of start start to think through some, some things together. And it, and it continues to build that trust um, with the sales team. Yeah, I mean, at the very beginning of the, the conversation today, when you, you talked about, hey, I see that that you know, prospect is stuck in the pipeline. What's going on? How can we help? Right there, I knew you were building trust. Right. You were taking an active interest. You were taking your time. You were helping them solve one of their biggest problems. That's what we do as marketers, right? We help solve problems of our clients. Why doesn't that apply to our sales team and helping solve their problems? Because ultimately, our job is to support sales, right? There's no reason for marketing if we're not selling. So 
you know, I, I can see just in so many ways, you know, Jill, how you're, you're absolutely building trust at every level. And I asked you before we um, click the record button to start here that, you know, there's a lot of just functional roles that marketing has to play. And the vast majority of what you've been talking about, everybody that's watching and listening right now, I'm sure is nodding their head, like, absolutely, we got to do more of that, right? But they're probably thinking, how do I do more of that? I'm up to here already and everything that I need to do. How would you recommend to them that they, they balance the responsibilities of running marketing and supporting sales? Yeah, that's a, that, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, but I do think that one of the core tenets of marketing is to support sales. And I think that if you look at it through a lens of, well, I have to um, just get my message out to the market and, and, and it's not so much about supporting sales, you're doing yourself and your company a disservice. Um, so, you know, before we started recording, we did discuss, you know, I said, I said part, of, part of how I operate is, you know, have that startup mentality, right? Um, and I think that I have finally found my sweet spot in a company because I, I do like to do a lot of things at once. Um, but I am also very results oriented. So, so for me, you know, the motivation behind how I do my job is seeing results, right? So I could bring in thousands of leads, but if they're not converting to opportunity, that's not doing anybody any favors. Um, so, you know, you asked, how do you find the time? You have to make the time. Um, you have to sit down with the sales team because if they're not converting your leads into business, you are not doing the company. You're not doing your job. Point blank. Marketing's not doing the job. Something's falling down along the way. Um, we're not a lead factory. <laughs> we, we, our, our role is to support the buyer's journey and the sales team is the conduit to the buyer. So you have to make the time to have those conversations with them. Now, am I doing it every day? I mean, some of them I do talk to every day. For sure. Um, but we have a, I have a monthly cadence with them. I'm also on the weekly um, pipeline call. Uh, our organization is unique in the fact that the entire commercial staff is on that call. Um, so my team is on there and, and the sales team, and, and we go through each one's pipeline. So I know exactly what they're working on. And I do, I start to see trends there. I'm like, okay, this, this, is, this one's been there. We've talked about this for a few weeks now. Like what's happening here? And in our, you know, I'll either reach out to that rep directly and say, hey, do you need help with that? Um, or I'll bring it up in the monthly call. Like, you know, I've seen these three deals. Do you guys need help? What's happening there? Let's talk about them. Let's dissect that, right? And and kind of take it away from that um, commercial call where we have, you know, the C-suite involved and the board and, you know, they don't want to bring it up in there. I understand that, right? That's why I have that safe space. Like, it's just us. Let's talk about it, right? Let's work through it. And, 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 and then, when things work, we can talk about it in that call, right? Then everybody can know we, right. we had a we had a group win, you know. Um, but finding the time, I've never seen that as a challenge because it makes me better at my job. Um, anything that gets the results that motivate me, I will make time for. And I think everybody should look at it through that lens rather than, oh, it's another thing to do. It's a thing to do that will make you more efficient and more effective. I think what you just said right there is the main takeaway from this call, right? <laughs> what you do and where you spend your time is where it, the highest priority for impact on the business should be. And it's not, 
in the functional, necessarily in the functional role, that's throwing MQLs over the wall, right? You know, what happens with those leads and how we turn them into SQLs, you know, opportunities, get conversations, solve problems where things get stuck, you know, that's everything that you've been talking about here. So I, I normally, at the end of the podcast, I ask what the one takeaway is, but I, I thought that was such a beautiful takeaway that I have a different last question for you. Okay. And that question is that, you know, you mentioned like, you know, oh, hey, this deal's been stuck, right? You know, what can we do? Can we get that customer or that prospect onto a call, you know, a podcast, a webinar, a white paper together? You know, it was leading to content. And so here's my question for you is, what is your understanding or what, how would you rate the importance of content to the overall growth and success of the business? One, not important at all. 10, it's vital to the growth and success of the business. How would you rate that on that scale and why? Uh, I mean, uh, 11. It is without, without content, you, I mean, how do you message? How do you uh, put yourself out? You know, your website is content. That's that's the first impression that anybody gets, right? I mean, and if your website doesn't have content, you're not showing up in search results. I mean, that's just that's from like a very tactical and practical mentality. But to look at it through the sales lens, right? Um, content can help. You know, we like you we said before, you build content throughout the state of the buyer's journey. Um, this is another educational piece that I've I've found throughout my career that I kind of need to reinforce sometimes with sales team members. Hey, you know, we have content for that. We, you guys are stuck. We, we have this piece of content, or if we don't have it, I will create it for you. But like, let's see how they want, how they digest information. So, um, content is critical, but the right content is more critical. Um, content in different mediums. Uh, not everybody processes information the same way. I like to do video. I like to do webinars. I like to do audio. I like to do written, long form, short form, um, all of it, right? People, digest information very differently. Um, and and we as marketers should be constantly analyzing that and determining which pieces to make more of. Um, but again, if you don't have that strong foundation and understanding of not only your audience, but your sales cycle, you could create content that is meaningless, right? So, so, so you know, back to the whole thing, how do you make time? I make time because I want to make sure that that content is what they need and what's going to convert. Um, but it is absolutely critical to a business. <laughs> well, and and I love that. Most people break the scale when I ask that question. I get yeah. 11s all the time, 15. I got a 25 one time from a four-time B2B CMO, right? Here's my question. The last, the, that wasn't the last question. I'm sorry, I lied. So here's the last question. And it is that, you know, it's so important these ba days as a, a B2B organization to position the brand and the sellers as trusted advisors, to be experts in the industry, to be educating, to be advising. That's thought leadership content, really, that does that. So you have such an incredible relationship with sales. Tell me a little bit about their understanding and use of thought leadership content in their sales process. Yeah, I think... Um... I've, I've worked with a variety of sales teams. And I think, uh, again, this goes back to like once they use it and they see the value, uh, it's, it's, it's used all the time. Um, it's getting them there, right? Uh, so it's like, you know, drawing the horse to water kind of thing. 
Now, what I will say is the the pieces that I've made with a sales team, you know, sales members, customer or prospect, um, those get leveraged all the time because it's like, oh, I was I I did this, you know, I helped with this, and and this is my customer, and look, you know, and and they get really excited. So that for me has been a really good way to kind of get them on board and start to really understand the value of thought leadership. Um, in most instances, they see they see the value with uh, conference presentations, right? Because they're there and it's something they can see and hear and they're promoting, they want to promote it because they want to get people there. Um, it's it's bridging the gap between that and like written form um, thought leadership and 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 kind of expressing to them, look, you know, we want to be looked at as a leader in the industry. In order to do that, we have to pr- we have to promote our people, not just our products, but our people. Um, you know, DataCube is, is a perfect example of this. We have some of the most renowned industry experts working for our company. And, and I don't think that everybody knows that. <laughs> um, we're doing a push on that right now. Um, but that is something that I, I, I have started repeating to them. And I have been in sales calls where they're like, check out our expertise. And, the, and they spend a lot more time on that slide now than they did before. Um, and, and they're bringing those experts into calls, which is, I'd rather they have them than me, right? Bring them in, kick me out, bring them in because they're the ones who are, you know, going to be working on the project or um, can can really answer those technical questions that, uh, you know, I could probably dance around and maybe maybe answer, but I'm going to defer to them ultimately too, right? Um, just as a sales rep can do. So so it's it's getting them to understand not only the value of thought leadership content, but the value of the thought leaders and how they can help um, bring, you know, bring a sale in or, or close a deal or, or help facilitate that process. Um, and I think that is the marketer's job, right? It's it's letting you know who's available, what's available, what their strengths are, what they can speak to, um, and how they can uh, facilitate the buyer's journey even further. Yeah, that, you know, that, that same four-time B2B CMO that I was telling you about, the rated content at 25, one of the first things that she did when she came into her latest role was she started a podcast and they had all kinds of like, they're in the financial industry, industry analysts and things that very high level, high quality thought leadership. And then they break it down into various pieces and activate it on social and everything. So that in an ABM sales process that their, their sales team is, is in, they constantly have added value bits of pieces of content that they can be sharing out. It becomes a part of the SLAs that marketing and sales work with, right? If they don't do that, she said, I have salespeople screaming at me, right? Because you can't just sell, 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 right? And that's part of the reason why I ask this question is because there's so much mentality throughout the organization, C-suite, sales, that thought leadership is long-term brand building. There's day-to-day sales activity where thought leadership has direct applications, right? And building that expertise and that trusted advisor status, another three-time B2B CMO just said on a recent podcast, she was like, hey, that's taking away sales cycles that the sales reps don't have to do. They don't have to work as hard at building the trust and, you know, and, and establish themselves as trusted advisors if we're doing that. She said, today's brand is tomorrow's demand. And so... I just, I love everything that you're talking about. And I just wanted to kind of bring that up as a, as a last point to accentuate here. Um, 
so many great things that you've shared with us today. If somebody had a, a follow-up question or wanted to have a conversation with you, would uh, a link to your LinkedIn profile, would that be the best place to, yes. to send? Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, I'm on there all the time. Well, fantastic. Well, Jill, thank you very much. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this.